CITR, F1102, Keep 102, Vancouver, British Columbia, Canada. And it's time right now for the Nardwar, the human serviette radio show. And you just heard right there the Brothers Forbes with The Happening BC. And I also tweeted out at Nardwar, N A R D W U A R, a picture of that record if you're on Twitter. 
Twitter. Today on the Nardwar the Human Serviette Radio Show, interviews with Andrew Weaver, John Horgan, and Christy Clark, who are all competing for the premiership of British Columbia. Vote if you can, this Tuesday, May the 9th. So, interviews today on the Nardwar Show with Andrew Weaver, John Horgan, and Christy Clark. First up, an interview with the man representing the Green Party in Vancouver, British Columbia, Canada's home province of British Columbia, Andrew Weaver. Who are you? My name is Andrew Weaver, and I'm the leader of the BC Green Party. I've uh, spent a long time in the university as a climate scientist, and in 2013, I stepped way outside of my comfort zone and got elected as the leader of a party, um, well, as the MLA for Oak Bay Gordon Head. And I have a gift for you. A DOA beer. Nice. A DOA beer. Nice. Double nice. I know why you're saying that, because one of our... Why am I saying that? Because we got Joe Keithley, lead singer of DOA, as our candidate for Burnaby Lowe. Is it, is it a pale ale, though? Is it an IPA? Uh, it's a band beer. It's actually a DOA beer. You are in possession of a DOA beer. And I have, you have no idea how many of, of, of Joe's albums I've got. I've got a bunch of them. I got some of the old ones, I got some of the new ones. My son, 19, he's into DOA too. So they're, they're just timeless. And this beer, it'll age nicely. What is it like having a punk as part of the Greens? Well, he's, he's uh, we, we call him a musician, not a punk, a musician. He's a f- I like the word punk. I know you would like, but we think of him as a, he's a kindler, gentler version. I mean, the punk was in the 1970s. Now here we are in 2017. He's a middle-aged guy and a baseball coach. Kind of stereotype doesn't quite work, but he's a, he's a wonderful person. I don't know whether you know Joe, I'm sure you do, but he's just such a community guy, such a hard worker, such an honest guy with such integrity, and I'm proud that Joe's on our team. How many times, Andrew Reaver, have you broken your nose? <laughs> As you can see, close up. <laughs> uh, many. Um, the most recent, I'm sure you're aware, was it, there's a teachable moment in this. I'll tell you the first time. The first time was skiing. I go figure that one. Well, I was skiing off in the woods and there was a cliff and I went over it and I landed on my nose. A couple times in rugby, but most recently, I should have probably gone to workman's comp, but most recently I was, I finished touring a pulp mill, I had the safety gear, the hard hat, the, the, everything, the colored uh, jacket, and I was walking out, checking my, uh, uh, my email as I walked directly into a pane of glass, and I broke my nose. And that was embarrassing, because I'm sure you've seen the videos. I had to stand in the legislature, and uh, I, I remember once saying, you know, it's really hard to be taken seriously right now, I get that, but this is what I'm going to say. And well, it was really hard to be taken seriously, and I'm not sure I was. So how many times is that? Well, that's about five, I would guess, in total. Yeah, I mean, that's, it's, it's, just, it's pretty nice, don't you think? It's kind of straight. I've had two operations to make it kind of nice. And, and you know, it's, it's, I've got a good side of my nose, and I've got a bad side of my nose, and it depends which side you look at. You also, Andrew, tackled Prince Edward? Oh my, you have done your homework, sir. I'm very impressed. Yeah, I played on the same rugby team as Prince Edward in uh, Jesus College in Cambridge. Now that's got, uh, he, that's got to be one of the most interesting experiences because you don't just play rugby with Prince Edward. You're playing with his bodyguard on the team too. But not only that, you're playing with the entire uh, uh, tabloid news media on the sidelines. So when he gets knocked out, as he was once, and is carried off the... By you? 
No, I'm on his team. I'm, 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 hel- I'm supporting him. When he got, got knocked out, you're on the front page of every tabloid in Britain. So it was, uh, no, I was, I'm a, I'm a teddy bear. Uh, I was, I was, uh, uh, at that time I was playing center. Uh, so I was in the back. Uh, I didn't finish in the backs. So I finished in the front, uh, in the uh, second row as a lock later on. How about during practice did Andrew Weaver tackle Prince Edward? Oh, even better than that. In a in a in in in-house game, what we did, um, we split up the those those like thirty people. We made two teams. Um, Prince Edward was the was the uh, a prop on the other side of me. So we actually were uh, like I'm not a prop, neither is he. But we mixed it up for a fun game. So we went in as props together. So yes, I have tackled him, but only in that game because other games he was on the same team as me. Andrew Weaver, should politicians expire? <laughs> we all expire. You'll expire, I'll expire. But I, I think that, you know, politics should not be a lifelong career. It's a sense of civic duty. You should go in there, do your bit, maybe eight years, maybe 12, but then move on. Let someone else do it. This is not a job for life. We need to have new ideas come in. Otherwise, the place ends up like it is here in Victoria, stagnant, fighting the same wars we have for 30 years. And so they should gently move off into the sunset. Andrew Reaver, what do you think about Justin Trudeau's six-pack agenda? Yeah, I'm impressed. You aren't going to see me on the campaign trail with surfboards and bare shirt shots. That's not happening. Maybe in my rugby days 30 years ago, 40 years ago, 30 years ago, uh, but not happening now. I, you know, I think... Uh, like a shirtless politician. Not going to be me. Um, all the power to him. He's got some six-packs to show off. I don't. Uh, I have a Molson muscle to show off. I'm not going to be happening on this campaign trail. Although I, I should lose some weight as I'm walking around knocking on doors. That Well, not if you keep giving me DOA craft Pierre. So. <laughs> I was curious, what do you think, Andrew Weaver, about Hey Pierre and Pierre Trudeau? I loved Pierre Trudeau. Pierre Trudeau was a politician for the people. He inspired me. And I've got a story about Pierre Trudeau, too. Um, you know, I, I lived in um, Montreal from 1989 to 1992, and we'd see him on the street just walking around all the time. And we'd see him, we'd chat to him, he'd chat to my wife. Um, yeah, I, I, he was one of my favorites. And I didn't know he did an album, too. Like, this is amazing. Where are you getting these albums? So is this an album named Pierre? Hey, Pierre, oh, it's, yeah, right. So, no, he's, uh, he's, he's, he's in my view, Canada's uh, best politician. He- now, this particular record, he's giving the finger. People are mad at the finger. What do you think about that? Trudeau and the finger. We had a candidate recently give the finger as well. So that's, fingers are good. I mean, we got, I got five, you got five. Look, we've moved to a society that if he'd done this today, he probably would have got the millennials out to vote en masse because they'd go, yeah, way to go, Pierre, because that's what we're thinking too. So, so I, I thought... More fingers for the green. More fingers for the green, yeah. No, I, I think uh, he was ahead of his time there. And I, I know people, well, the, the conservative media were very affronted by the finger. But in fact, let's remember, this is in the 60s and 70s, so the people weren't, they just vote him right back in. What do you think about Andrew Weaver, this particular instance of promotion for the American elections? I wish I could have these mints. I wish I had the hair to be able to have mints like this. And what do you think? Bernie mints as well. <laughs> but you know what? I'm thinking that Trump put uh, uh, put them both out because it says ready for crazy Bernie here. And, and, and you know, we can, we can talk like this. I think Bernie's mints are actually pretty cool. I like Bernie's mints. Trump mints, I give them back to you. 
What do you think, though, about politicians and campaign items? Have you been affected oh, by them? Oh, God, Jill, I'm going to ask, um, just if you might give me two seconds. I think that they're very important. Look, last election... We had, ca- we had car flags because, of course, the election's running during the, uh, the hockey playoffs, and we had Vote Weaver on this, and then we had car flags. Can I show you mine? Oh, yeah, definitely. Oh, is that bad luck? It's, <laughs> it's maybe bad luck, but we're, the Greens, we're creative. We've got, we've got campaign umbrellas. Uh, maybe you can show that off. What exactly? Oh, it has your name. Yeah, me, and it says Greens. And it's in, you know, when you're campaigning, it's, it's pretty cool. So we have, we have one of our candidates. He's got a, he's a knitter, a First Nation knitter. He's got green toques. We've got another one. Oh, these guys in, in Kamloops. Well, there's hot ticket items. They've got hockey jerseys, and they're really cool. So I've ordered one. We've got um, car flags. We've got umbrellas. You know, one thing about the greens, you, don't, you can't predict us. We know it, we're creative, we're innovative, and that's why we're targeting the new economy because it's all about creativity and innovation. I was curious, Andrew Weaver, what car do you drive? A Nissan Leaf, 100% electric vehicle. Um, and I drive it, and I can't believe that most British Columbians in Metro Vancouver or Victoria don't also drive an electric car. In Vic- Vancouver here, you've got nowhere to drive. You've got mountain, you've got mountain, you've got border, you've got water. In Victoria, we have mountain, water, water, water. There's nowhere to drive. And so I drive for one cent a kilometer. Everyone else is paying 15 cents a kilometer. And everyone now is all, a fu- all in a fuss because the price of gas just went up. I'm not in a fuss because it costs me nothing to drive. And I don't have an oil and filter to change or a muffler to break or a radiator to go rusty or a, heat pu- or a water pump to go down. Winding up here, Andrew Weaver, we have Baker in Delta, B.C. My, well, now, Deef, Deef's before my time. Um, you know, I'm... Deef the chief. Deef the chief. Um, when I look at him, I see an angry, angry old man here. We should have... There must be better pictures. He's with the Conservative Party, but it was called Progressive Conservative back in those days, not neoconservative or neo... Uh, like we have today. So, you know, this is when Progressive Conservative actually cared about you know, social c- issues, actually cared about people being able to uh, put bread on their table. Things have changed since. I wonder if Diefenbaker's turning over in his grave now as he sees the BC liberals become the, well, BC not-so-liberals actually be conservatives with a liberal name. He must be turning in his grave. Jack Layton did the hip flip. Whoa, oh my God. Now, Justin Trudeau also did the hip flip. And Christy Clark did the... She can't do a hip flip. She did the hip flip. <laughs> and John Horgan did the... Well, he can't do a hip flip either. He He'd do a flip, but it's also not hip. He did the hip flip. Now it's going <laughs> So will you, Andrew Weaver, do the hip flip game with me? I'll play a game with you. But I'm not going to give you the flip. Let's try it right now. The hip. Maybe flip. Oh. Ah, yes! Andrew Reaper, welcome to the hip flip club. You have joined it. Why should people care about Andrew Weaver? Why should people care? Because he's going to be the next premier of the province of British Columbia. And it's going to be a BC Green premier. And it's going to set... A, a, a showcase for the world as we're going to do things differently here in BC the rest of the world will follow us because in BC we're leaders we don't follow others well thanks very much Andrew keep on rocking in a free world and do 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 do
so crisp I'm high on the hog While all the folks on welfare Are eating just like dogs Over in the soup line They're starting to unwind Eating Billy's table scraps And drinking cooking wine Why down on your mud boys And out in the street Billions of fans are laughing Throwing tickles at your feet Billy says to Timmy You old flim flam man Let's gather all our pals and plan a little scam. We'll clean out the east side like going out the trash. And when the party's over, we'll split up all the cash. Wipe down on your life poles and out in the street. Billions of friends are laughing, throwing angles at your feet. And you're still listening to the Nardwar, the Human Serviette Radio Show from 1986. We heard DOA and Billy and the Socreds. And before that, an interview with Green Party leader from the NDP, Andrew Weaver, one of the candidates running in. The election on Tuesday is Joey Shadet, Joe Keithley, and he is the singer of DOA. Expo hurts everyone, Billy and the Socrates. Right now, I have an interview because we talked to Andrew Weaver. We have an interview with the NDP leader, John Horgan, coming up an interview with Christy Clark, the leader of the Provincial Liberals. So here is an interview with the NDP leader running an election this Tuesday, John Hora. Can on the Nardwar, the Human Serviette Radio Show. Who are you? I'm John Horgan. Who are you? I am Nardwar, the Human Serviette. Good to see you, Serviette. Or can I call you the? Uh, you can call me Nardwar, the Human Serviette, or whatever you want. Sounds good to me. Nardwar, the Human Serviette. And right off the bat, John, I have a gift for you. A Tommy uh, Douglas LP. Uh, I have to tell you, I've got this one. You have it. Greatest hits, I do, absolutely. Well, then that is for David Eby. I'll pass it on to David when I see him. Can we put him up here? 
What can you say about that record? Actually, if you could hold it right there, what can you say about this record since you have it? It's in a box in the basement. I was given it when I uh, asked for a photograph of Tommy Douglas, and I have a photograph in my office. And I remember, oh gosh, it was about 10 years ago, someone came in and said, oh, is that a picture of your grandfather? And I said, no, it's Kiefer Sutherland's grandfather. And she looked at me sideways and just backed out of the room. But this is the greatest hits of speeches and comments that Tommy Douglas has made over the years. From the NDP. Yeah, that's right. Now, what I was curious was, this record of Tommy Douglas right here, have you seen this one right here? No. Quote, you can lock up a mouse, but you can't lock up an idea. Well, this is about mouse land, I bet, and it's a great story, and I've got that, I've got that in hard copy and uh, as well as audio, and it's about why the mice always vote one time for the black cats, another time for the white cats. It's a great, it's a great story about, why don't you vote for the mice? The Renfrew New Democrats. The Renfrew New Democrats, not Port Renfrew, I hope. No, the Renfrew New Democrats, and look what date is from. 1962. June 5th, 1962, at Queen's Park. Queen's Park in Toronto. This, this uh, actually in Vancouver. Queen's Park. Oh, that Queen's Park. Well, Renfrew is in Ontario, and that Queen's Park might well be Queen's Park in that's where the legislature is in Toronto. Oh, I would like to think it is Queen's Park in Vancouver. Yeah, okay, fair enough. Now, Queen's Park Arena has terrible memories for me. I played lacrosse growing up, and I would always come to New Westminster play there and we always lost because they have a wooden floor that's a longer story uh nardwar will leave that for another day it's amazing john that you have all these tommy collectibles well i he's uh, i i got involved in the ndp because i met tommy douglas when i was at university i was uh, writing a paper and one of my roommates came in and said hey this guy's speaking out at the campus you should come and hear him and I, who's tommy douglas i never heard of him before and so i ended up going out and uh, i was captivated was it hard to get to 45 or the recording? Well, it was easy. You just handed it to me. Uh, Babu? <laughs> Babu. And I have another gift for you, John, right here. An Archie comic from? From Expo. Expo. You know what? This, this is the only comic book in the BC Legislature Library. You know how I know that? I had a group of kids from Soup coming through for a tour. I always take kids to the library because it's the best part of the legislative building. And one of the kids said, are there any comic books here? There's 500,000 documents. And they said, are there any comic books? And I said, no. And the reference librarian said, yes, there's one. Betty and Veronica go to Expo. What can you say about Betty and Veronica going to Expo? I was always a Betty fan, not a Veronica fan. I think that might be a class thing. I don't know. I'll leave that up to you. But uh, I remember 1986 like it was just the year before 1987. You sold brick shares to your mom? I did. <laughs> I made a profit. I might be the only one that made a profit. As soon as they came in the house, I said, I don't want these. And my mom said, I'll give you a seven bucks. So I ended up getting 35 bucks. I think they're worth six when they arrived. Uh, could you explain about the brick shares? It was a scam that the... Uh, a scam? scam? Well, imagine that, associating scams with the social credit party. But yeah, it was a scam by Bill Bennett, the premier at the time to try and convince British Columbians that they had a stake in BC. Well, we all have a stake in BC. Our natural resources belong to us already, but Bennett wanted to give them something tangible to pretend. I've got, uh, someone gave me brick shares. They were issued on my birthday, August 7th. So I have them framed and on my wall. They're worth absolutely nothing. I sold mine at the high part of the market when my mom was prepared to pay for them. What can you 
say about that era of social credit? For instance, this record is by B.J. Roberts, and he has a song, Bonkers, all about what Grace McCarthy said. Okay. What can you say about that era of the social credit government? This would have been like the uh, 80s, early 80s, I guess. Uh, I was I was living in Ontario. I, I grew up on the island. I went to university in Ontario and then to Australia. So I missed the the uh, the greatest hits of the Grace McCarthy period. When I came back to BC in 1986, uh, Vanderzam was the, just become the premier. So it was going downhill fast at that point. Another bit of BC history. B.J. Roberts, bonkers. Bonkers, indeed. I'd never heard of B.J. Roberts until right now. Have you heard the word bonkers used in relation to BC politics? Uh, yes, I have. Not just by you, but by others. It in is, what respect? Well, sometimes it is bonkers what goes on around here. And, and uh, I think that it's time to change the bonkers and bring in a little bit more common sense. And that's what I hope to do. You mentioned this earlier, the lacrosse. You love the lacrosse. What can you say about John and the lacrosse? Well, that's me with a lot more hair. That's my best friend, Lyle Gurney, and that's my big brother, Brian. And we were coaching lacrosse at that time. I grew up uh, playing lacrosse. It was a passion of mine, still a passion. I mentioned Queen's Park Arena connected to lacrosse. So it's, it's a great game. It was a way for me to show a little bit of leadership and to mentor younger people. And I've been doing that sort of thing ever since. If we could turn it over, we see another pick. <laughs> yeah, more hair. Still more hair. Yeah. Now that is you in action. That's me. No, it's not in action. I'm standing still. That's bonkers, standing still. Now quite a bit of like an ass-kicking vibe, isn't there? Well, You've said in McLean's you were quite an ass-kicker. I, I was, uh, well, you're carrying a stick, and you're allowed to knock people over. So that's another part of lacrosse that separates it from other sports. But, yeah, I, uh, I gave as good as I got, and uh, I can, can consider myself someone who would protect uh, the most uh, most vulnerable and it's easier to do when you've got a stick in your hand uh, you look right there really tough oh well thanks how there could these traits help with becoming premier of BC I think you need to have a mix of kindness and toughness and uh, I've got a good measure of kindness I've spent most of my life helping other people and uh, now I think a little bit of toughness is in order. I know the BC Liberals are going to be throwing big mountains of mud at me, and I've got to let that go by and focus on the things that matter to people. And, and I can take the attacks, but I don't think the public deserves to be attacked anymore. Uh, disabled people losing their bus passes, for example, or, or the vulnerable trying to make ends meet while the Premier gets two salaries. Those are the sorts of things that I want to change, and that's what I'm going to try to do in the next 35 days. I tried to check out sayanythingjohn.ca, but I couldn't find it. It was deleted. What's going on there? I don't know. I think the, I think the, uh, the Liberals discovered that uh, people think that Christy Clark will say anything, and so it wasn't really working for them. What would I find there? Sayanythingjohn.ca. Those, those are uh, people that got more money than brains, and they put up an attack website, and I guess it wasn't working, so they took it down. I would like to ask you, lastly, about this record I have, the top 5%. I'm focusing on the top two. Those the, the top 5%. What can you say about the top 5%? Uh, it looks like they play chess, and uh, that's all I can tell you about it. Yeah, I like the cover. The jacket cover is nice. John Hoare. Gan. You mentioned that you love games. I do. Would you play the hip flip game with me? I would not miss the hip flip game with you. Oh, that is amazing because Jack Layton did the hip flip game. <laughs> And of course, Justin Trudeau did the hip flip game. And Christy Clark did the. Did she do the hip flip game?
she did the hip flip game. Well, then I'm in. Let's and will you, John, do the hip flip game? I will do the hip flip game. Now it's going to Why should people care about the NDP? Why should people care? I think it's time for a government that puts people first. And for the past 16 years, we've had a government that's focused on the wealthy and the well-to-do. It's time that people had a premier that was working for them, and I want that to be me. Well, thanks so much, John. Keep on rocking in the free world, and doot-doot-loot-doo. Doot-doot. It's a story of a place called Mouseland. Mouseland was a place where all the little mice lived and played and were born and died. And they lived much as you and I do. They even had a parliament. And every four years they had an election. They used to walk to the polls and cast their ballots. Some of them even got a ride to the polls. Got a ride for the next four years afterwards, too. <laughs> Just like you and me. And every time on election day, all the little mice used to go to the ballot box and they used to elect a government. A government made up of big, fat, black cats. <laughs> now, if you think it's strange that mice should elect a government made up of cats, you just look at the history of Canada for the last 90 years and maybe you'll see that they weren't any stupider than we are. <laughs> now, I'm not saying anything against the cats. They were nice fellows. They conducted the government with dignity. They passed good laws. That is, laws that were good for cats. <laughs> but the laws that were good for cats <laughs> weren't very good for mice. One of the laws said that mouse holes had to be big enough so a cat could get his paw in. <laughs> Another law said that mice could only travel at certain speeds so that a cat could get his breakfast without too much physical effort. <laughs> all the laws were good laws for cats, but all oh, they were hard on the mice. And life was getting harder and harder. And when the mice couldn't put up with it anymore, they decided something had to be done about it. So they went en masse to the poles. They voted the black cats out. And they put in the white cats. <laughs> now they... The white cats... The white cats had put up a terrific campaign. They said, all that Mouseland needs is more vision. They said, the trouble with Mouseland is those round mouse holes we've got. If you put us in, we'll establish square mouse holes. And they did. 
and the square mouse holes were twice as big as the round mouse holes. And now the cat could get both his paws in. And life was tougher than ever. And when they couldn't take that anymore, they voted the white cats out and put the black ones in again. And then they went back to the white cats and then to the black cats. They even tried half black cats and half white cats. <laughs> And they call that coalition. <laughs> they even got one government made up of cats with spots on them. <laughs> they were cats that tried to make a noise like a mouse, but they ate like a cat. <laughs> you see, my friends, the trouble wasn't with the color of the cat. The trouble was that they were cats. And because they were cats, they naturally looked after cats instead of mice. Presently, there came along one little mouse who had an idea. My friends, watch out for the little fellow with an idea. And he said to the other mice, look, fellas, why do we keep on electing a government made up of cats? Why don't we elect a government made up of mice? Oh, they said he's a Bolshevik. Lock him up. <laughs> so they put him in jail. But I want to remind you that you can lock up a mouse or a man, but you can't lock up an idea. And you're still listening to CITR Radio, the Nardwar, the human serviette radio show. And that there was, you can hear me running the needle over the record. Uh, sorry, Ed, I borrowed this record from you, uh, but hopefully you ain't listening. Um, but if you were listening, you were hearing Tommy Douglas presented by the Renfrew New Democrats at Queens Park, I think, in New Westminster on July 5th, 1962, although it could be in Toronto, in Queen's Park on June, June 5th, 1962. The Mouse Land Story by Tommy Douglas, the Renfrew New Democrats present T.C. Douglas, Queen's Park, June 5th, 1962, with the Mouse Land Story. And before that, an interview with the leader of the BC NDP, John Horgan. And before that, an interview with the BC leader of the end of the Green Party. Andrew Weaver. So we had Andrew Weaver from the Greens. We had John Horgan from the NDP. So logically, the NDP, the Green Oh, the Liberals. Here is an interview with Christy Clark, leader and premier of British Columbia of the BC Liberals. Who are you? Um, well, it's a big question. Do you want to know my name or do you want to know who I am? Because I could take a long time. Who are you? 
<laughs> I'm a 51-year-old woman, grew up in the suburbs in Burnaby, um, was marked for complete failure in life, went to SFU, got into, worked in student radio when it was CJ, CJive back in the day, and um, eventually found my way into politics. You are Christy Clark. Christy Clark. And Christy Clark, right off the bat, was this your first concert, really? The Pointed Sticks. <laughs> wow. No, it wasn't. At the Italian Cultural Center? Yeah, well, it was. they were on the bill. DOA um, was the headliner on the bill. I mean, I, I, I'm trying to remember, actually, who was on the bill, because I... Point of Sticks were on it for sure. DOA was on it for sure. I think the Young Canadians or the KTELs, whichever they were at the time, were on it. And I don't know, maybe the Subhumans were on it, but I can't remember. But it was like this unbelievable show. We um, snuck out of the house, crawled out the window to go to the show. It was an all-ages show. And um, it was a Halloween night thing. And it was the first live gig I'd ever been to in a bar like in a club kind of a setting I couldn't believe it everybody was spitting at each other which I wasn't really prepared for at the time but I just was blown away and I, I got into music after that did you go to any other gigs yeah I mean I went to see okay let me think I saw at different locations yeah I remember um the young fresh fellows backed up um backed up the replacements at the town pump I remember that show I think I saw blue rodeo at the um at the Savoy back way back Back, Savoy, I don't think was even open that long, but it was a, it was a good venue. I saw uh, who else? Gosh, you know. Did you work at a record oh, I store? Know, I know what I saw. I remember I saw Ogre back up Mother Love Bone at Graceland, and that might have been the best show I ever saw in Vancouver. Ogre, that's amazing. Yeah, yeah. Ogre was quite a show, quite a show. And then remember um, Andrew. Andrew White? Was he the lead singer of Mother Love Bone at the time? He comes out on stage. Andrew Wood, I Andrew think. Andrew Wood, that's it. Comes out on stage and he's kind of chubby and he's wearing a he's wearing a shirt that doesn't cover his belly and he's kind of, it was super funny. It was a really good show. Yes, I'm numb by the point of stick. Yeah. Well, yeah, Nick Jones, he was the lead singer of the Frank Frank Five. Do you remember them? They would do every Sunday at the Railway Club. We're very sorry the Railway Club is closed. So um, that was a great, and they were great, Frank Frank Five, kind of, you know, melodic, right? I wanted to ask you about the subhumans. Yes. Ger Jerry Hanna. Jerry Hanna was at SFU when I was at SFU. He'd been released from prison by then. And the subhumans are very interesting. Did you ever see them? You know, unless they were on that bill that we, where I saw that DOA show, I think... I don't really remember if I ever saw them. It's terrible, eh? Because there is a connection to you, Christy Clark, on this compilation, Vancouver Independence. Yes. We turn it over. What song do the subhumans do right there? Behind the Smile. That's the name of the book that Judy Tabji wrote about me. Is there any connection? No, she came, I don't know. Maybe she's a, sub, maybe she's a subhumans fan. I don't know. That's great. I didn't, that's funny. It's, um... Maybe I must I must have seen them play and maybe they saw that maybe I saw that song. Out of line, that's the other one on this record. Christy Clark behind the smile by the subhumans. So that was your first question, right? Who are you? You are behind the smile. Who are you behind the smile? And you are Christy Clark. And I wanted to ask you, Christy, also about this band right here, DOA, who we mentioned. Yes. This record is called Expo Hurts Everyone. Yes. And on the back, we have the song Billy and the Socreds. <laughs> right. 
Wow, I've never seen this one before. What can you say about the Socreds, etc.? Like, for instance, if we go way back, we see the Socred Blues. Oh my gosh. We see the Citizens Association of BC. We see the record of Evan Wolf in Vancouver Center on a Bennett team. Running, running with Herb Kaposi. Did he get elected? And we turn it over. Herb Kaposi. Now, Herb Kaposi got elected, but did Evan Wolf get elected? Do you know? Well, I was curious, what is the difference between the Liberals and the social credit? Big difference. We are, I mean, we're a more, we're a broader, more inclusive party, I would say. People, I mean, I think, I think fundamentally, both of us would say we believe in growing the economy. We believe in jobs. We believe that part of the way to do that is to have lower taxes and, you know, recognizing private sector's got to grow the economy. So we have that in common, but the world is really different now than it was in the 70s, 60s and 70s and 80s. But W.A.C. Bennett, he went and built a, lo- built a lot of stuff. He invested a lot of public money in building dams. You know, we're doing that. And you have his grandson. And I have his grandson, Brad Bennett, running um, running BC Hydro, and he's great. What do you think, Christy, of this gentleman right here, Bill Vanderzam, on the cover of CITR's Discorder? I remember this. That's so funny. I think I might even have a copy of this. What are your interactions with Bill Vanderzam? Well, my interactions with Bill have been varied. So I like him. Like he's a, he's the world's most charming guy, but he's just not always um, he's not always really consistent in his views. I think you know. But he's he's a character, and I used to interview him on my radio show at CKNW. And he was always good to have. Everybody'd want to talk to him. He would always kind of. He'd be prepared to be controversial, you know. In radio, that's important. I always, I, I. He's a great interview, isn't he? Yeah, yeah, he is. Like I, so yeah, and you can't not like the guy, which was, you know. But I don't, I don't think anybody's going to say he was history's best premier. It's amazing you still have CITR's program guide, Discorder. I know. I'm pretty sure I've got it in my pile of stuff in in the garage. Well, I mean, this is like this is classic politics, and that's what I always liked about punk rock was that it's all political, and it's not all politics that I always agree with but it was all about people wanting to change the world which is what I like about Joe Keithley so much I totally disagree with him on lots of stuff but he was also a great interview and now he is running for the Green Party and Green Party yeah he left the NDP well he didn't get an NDP nomination right so I think he sought an NDP nomination they didn't want him to run for them, I think. And then he he got a nomination for the Greens. And, you know, good on him. He wants to go out and change the world. Like, that's why people should run for office. To all your viewers, run for office. Doesn't matter what party you're running for. But Vote for Joey. <laughs> well, maybe if you want to, if you like what he stands for, you should. Going way back, Christy Clark, this, Hogan's Heroes, what does this play into Christy Clark's life? Well, because um, Hogan's Heroes used to be on at the same time that Gilligan's Island was on. And in my family, my brothers liked Hogan's Heroes, and my sister and I liked Gilligan's Island. So we'd have a Titanic war every Wednesday, I think, when the two shows were competing against each other, about which we would watch. I thought you liked I Dream of Genie. I did. I did like that. Well, you know, the, the fancy genie outfit. She would, you know, she was kind of sexy, I guess. And I have another gift for you, Chrissy Clark, right here, an actual Whitecaps team song. Wow, they still sing this at the games. White is? The color. Soccer is? The game. I was listening to um, uh, Stiff Little Fingers record this morning. 
because I was trying to refresh myself for our interview today and I was realizing I don't know any of the words to any of the songs and it doesn't matter in punk music really they are all anthems <laughs> yes they are just like why this color that is for you Christy thank you I really appreciate that because you love the white caps I do I like the white caps I like soccer I think it's a good game for like everybody can play it lots of girls play it and you know it's a fairly fairly cheap ticket to go see if you want to take your kids somewhere you also love this band right here the oh, specials yeah what can you say about the specials oh man well it was that you know great ska sound that they brought it was so good and i remember i first when i first got into kind of buying you know my first record i ever bought was a prism record which my brother broke over his head because he was so he, was, he thought it was so bad and then the first real record I started getting into was I bought the Clash Records and I bought the Specials. And so this was a huge record for me. Yeah, I still listen to it, Monkey Man, Message to You, Rudy. I mean, all that stuff, it's all been covered now by everybody else, too. Nobody even knows where these songs came from, right? It's like Stiff Little Fingers. You listen to Green Day and it's just like, it's a total copy of what those guys did in the late 70s and early 80s. And nobody even remembers. Or the point of sticks. Or the point of sticks. It's true. Christy Clark, I talked to you once before at the NDP Leadership Convention in the year 2000. Wow, I don't remember that, Nardwar. I apologize. Who invented Glenn Clark? Well, I don't know. I want to find who it was, though. You know, I am determined to make this country safe for people named Clark again. Now, would you now, as events they are right now, trade Gordon Wilson and Alexander Molgilny for Trevor Linden and Futures? Ooh, Futures. I think BC badly needs a future. I think BC will only get a future if we get an election. So you know what? I would trade a lot of things in order to restore British Columbia's future. When was the last time you fantasized about Brian Burke? Brian Burke. Oh, well, I couldn't tell you that. I couldn't tell you that. And who's got the cheese? The cheese? The most cheese? The cheesiest of the cheesiest? I would have to say the cheesiest politician in British Columbia's history would have to be... No, the cheesiest person in BC political history has got to be Faye Young. She's got the cheese. She's got the corner on all the cheese, as far as I know. If anyone had as much cheese as Faye Young, well, gee, they'd never have to they'd never have shop again. I'm fairly young. I listen to CITR Radio 101.9 FM UBC Radio. All right, rock on. Uh, rock and roll. Let's have boogie. <laughs> nice to meet you. And Miss Clark, one last bonus question here. Oh, bonus question. Have you smelled alcohol on anybody's breath here today? Are you kidding? This place, you practically don't have to have a drink in order to get drunk in this place. I'm quite shocked, you know. Everyone told me that New Democrats didn't know how to have fun but apparently a lot of them were up very very late last night there was someone over at that table over there I don't know if you saw it but they were asleep on the table corky delegates thanks very much thank you you said that Fei Lung has the cheese yeah that's true she wasn't really a politician though she was a, a kind of a stalker of politicians wasn't she she would go with the hat and talk to everybody yeah she's pretty but you know she's still around she's still and she's still doing the same the same the same shtick I think, you know, as I've met her a little more over the years, she does seem like a nice lady. You know, she's a bit of an oddball, but she's a nice lady. Winding up here, Chrissy Clark, I would like to say, would you do the hip flip with me? Yes. You would? Yes. Because, of course, John Cretchen did the hip flip. Oh. 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 Yeah.
after you got him on the record on the pepper thing. I don't maybe didn't know you were the same guy. Oh, you remembered that? Of course. That was national news. Everybody still remembers that about him. Do you think though that mace equals freedom? Some of the protesters were maced. What do you say? Some of the protesters were maced. Does mace equal freedom? Would you would you have been maced yourself back then, Prime Minister Kretchen? But but I don't know what you mean by that. A mace? Pepper spray? Some other members? Oh, but of I don't know. This technique did not exist in those days. <laughs> For me, pepper, I put it on my plate. <laughs> Next. And of course, Paul Martin did the hip flip. And Justin Trudeau. Hip flip. And you will do the hip flip. Congratulations, Christy Clark. You you have joined the Hip Flip Club. I'm honored. Thank you. Uh, And just winding up here, lastly, Christy Clark, I want to ask you about this record right here, the ICBC Blues. Do you have the ICBC Blues from 1976? I don't have it yet. Now I've got it. Michael Smith has said when you increase the rates for ICBC, it's like a tax hike. Well, no. I mean, we're down. The rates for ICBC are as low as they've been. I mean, they continue to be low. They're about where they were, I think, in 1976 or something, if you look at how the dollars increased. But, I mean, everybody hates it when your ICBC rates go up. Everybody, including me. Well, thank you very much, Christy Clark. Anything you'd like to tell the people out there at all? Uh, watch Nardwar, Human Serviette. He's made a oh a huge contribution. Can I actually, can we end up, can I give you something before we go? Sure, go ahead. This is Chrissy Clark in action. Because you gave me so many gifts. So for you, Nardwar, I have a certificate of recognition for your outstanding service to the province of British Columbia, in particular, your service to the music community in our province. You've made, you've been part of what's held it all together all these years for 30 years. So I wanted to, on behalf of the province, say thanks. Well, thank you very much, Christy. I really appreciate that. I mean, an actual framed plaque with the name Nardwar. Yeah. That has uh, got to be a first. Nardwar the human serviette. Thank you very much. I really appreciate that. This is amazing. Thank you, Christy. Why should people care about Christy Clark? Why should people care? Well, people should care about their pol- who's going to elect them or who they're, who they're going to elect. They should care about the politicians that are going to represent them because we shape, we do, you know, have a big impact on shaping people's world. So people should care about knowing what I believe in, what all the other parties believe in, and then they should make a really well-informed choice about who they're going to vote for. And people will make their own choice about that. I'm not going to try and, you know, persuade people one way or another. The most important thing is, though, get to know what everybody stands for and make a smart choice. Well, thanks very much, Christy Clark. Keep on rocking in a free world and doot, doot, loot, doot. Doot, doot. I heard it straight from Pat McGear. He said, common people, listen here.
You're still listening to the Nardwar, the human serviette radio show. We just heard right there the ICBC Blues by Cameron Malloy from his LP on SGM Records from 1976. Cameron Malloy, the ICBC Blues. And before that, an interview with... Christy Clark, leader of the BC Liberal Party. And before that, an interview with NDP leader John Horgan. And before that, an interview with the leader of the Greens, Andrew Weaver. All on the Nardwar, the human serviette radio show. Go out and vote this Tuesday in a BC election. To end the Nardwar, the Human Serviette radio show, I thought I would play a whole bunch of BC and election-related records. Here we have an interview, uh, actually a song that I mentioned in the interview with Christy Clark, and it is the Socrad Blues by Hawken and Stewart on the Nardwar, the Human Serviette radio show.
It's not hard to figure, it's just simple math. The new ICBC's gonna take all our cash. But worse than that, for the next five years, we've all got to listen to Pat McGill. So Red Blues, yes, you know I got them. So Red Blues, bet you got them too. So Red Blues, everybody's got them. Riding to the poorhouse on the So Red Blues. These Socred boys have gone too far. Call for a doctor, if you please, cause social credit is a social disease. Socred Blues, yes, you know I got them. Socred Blues, bet you got them too. Socred Blues, everybody's got them. Riding to the poorhouse on the Socred Blues. to the same bad news we swung to the left and now they swung to the right and all we can do is stick together and fight so red blues yes you know i got them so red blues bet you got them too so red blues everybody's got them riding to the poor house on the so red blues so red blues you know that i don't want them so red blues you hate them too, so Red Blues, everybody shouting, we gotta stick together, fight the so Red Blues, we gotta stick together, fight the so Red Blues, we gotta stick together, fight the so Red Blues. Everyone can get a little crazy But something's really wrong with poor old Gracie And it can't go on any longer Cause Billy and the Socreds have gone bonkers Bonkers are funny but certainly not cute Bonkers only have one point of view Bonkers are all paramed and talk about restraint so you'd better fight for human rights or you'll be bonkers too. There goes Kaiser Billy, he's way out of control. Followed by the Socrates who stuck us in a hole. Everyone who's bonkers should be put in a zoo. Or else they'll make a monkey, a monkey out of you. There goes Kaiser Billy, he's way out of control. Followed by the Socreds who stuck us in a hole. Everyone who's bonkers should be put in a zoo, or else they'll make a monkey, a monkey out of you. I think that we've been pushed to the limit, and we can't take it any longer. He can't hear the voices of the unemployed, cause Billy and the Socreds have gone bonkers. There goes Kaiser Billy, he's way out of control. Followed by the Socreds who stuck us in a hole. 
Everyone who's bonkers should be put in a zoo Or else they'll make a monkey, a monkey out of you Or else they'll make a monkey, a monkey out of you Or else they'll make a monkey, a monkey out of you As you know, this is election time in British Columbia, and that during this period, you hear a lot about, about people and politics. However, I'm sure that the man I have with me today, Evan Wolf, social credit running mate in Vancouver Center with Herb Kaposi, is a candidate that deserves your support. You should know that Evan Wolf, a flying officer during World War II, is now a very successful businessman, rated as the most outstanding first-year member when he went to Victoria. Evan Wolf is also a chartered accountant was voted chairman of the Public Accounts Committee, which serves as watchdog over the spending of your tax dollars in Victoria. He's a man with a proven record, deeply involved in community affairs. And like his running mate, Herb Kaposi, is a man who cares about people. Evan Wolf. Hello, this is Evan Wolf. I feel the main issue in this election is whether our province continues to move ahead under a proven government using sound fiscal policies or whether we take a chance on operating under the heavy hand of state socialism. The United States dollar took another pounding on German, French, and British exchanges this morning, hitting the lowest point ever known in West Germany. It has declined there by 41 percent since 1971, and this Canadian thinks it's time to speak up for the Americans as the most generous and possibly the least appreciated people in all the world. As long as 60 years ago, when I first started to read newspapers, I read of floods on the Yellow River and the Yangtze. Well, who rushed in with men and money to help? The Americans did, that's who. They have helped control floods on the Nile, the Amazon, the Ganges, and the Niger. Today, the rich bottomland of the Mississippi is underwater, and no foreign land has sent a dollar to help. Germany, Japan, and to a lesser extent, Britain and Italy were lifted out of the debris of war by the Americans who poured in billions of dollars and forgave other billions in debts. None of those countries is today paying even the interest on its remaining debts to the United States. When the franc was in danger of collapsing in 1956, it was the Americans who propped it up, and their reward was to be insulted and swindled on the streets of Paris. And I was there, I saw that. When uh, distant cities are hit by earthquake, it's the United States that hurries in to help. Managua, Nicaragua is one of the most recent examples. So far this spring, 59 American communities have been flattened by tornadoes. Nobody has helped. The Marshall Plan, the Truman Policy, all pump billions upon billions of dollars into discouraged countries. And now newspapers in those countries are writing about the decadent, war-mongering Americans. Now, I'd like to see just one of those countries that is gloating over the erosion of the United States dollar build its own airplanes. Come on now, you, let's hear it. Does any country in the world have a plane to equal the Boeing jumbo jet, the Lockheed TriStar, or the Douglas 10? If so, why don't they fly them? Why do all international lines except Russia fly American planes? Why does no other land on Earth even consider putting a man or a woman 
on the moon. You talk about Japanese technocracy and you get radios. You talk about German technocracy and you get automobiles. You talk about American technocracy and you find men on the moon not once but several times and safely home again. You talk about scandals and the Americans put theirs right in the store window for everybody to look at. Even the draft dodgers are not pursued and hounded. They're right here on our streets in Toronto. Most of them, unless they're breaking Canadian laws, are getting American dollars from Ma and Pa at home to spend up here. When the Americans get out of this bind, as they will, who could blame them if they said to hell with the rest of the world? Let somebody else buy the bonds. Let somebody else build or repair foreign dams or design foreign buildings that won't shake apart in earthquakes. When the railways of France and Germany and India were breaking down through age, it was the Americans who rebuilt them. When the Pennsylvania Railroad and the New York Central went broke, nobody loaned them an old caboose. Both of them are still broke. I can name to you 5,000 times when the Americans raced to the help of other people in trouble. Can you name to me even one time when someone else raced to the Americans in trouble? I don't think there was outside help even during the San Francisco earthquake. Our neighbors have faced it alone, and I'm one Canadian who is damn tired of hearing them kicked around. They'll come out of this thing with their flag high, and when they do, they're entitled to thumb their noses at the lands that are gloating over their present troubles. I hope Canada is not one of these. But there are many smug, self-righteous Canadians. And finally, the American Red Cross was told at its 48th annual meeting in New Orleans this morning that it was broke. This year's disasters, with the year less than half over, has taken it all, and nobody, but nobody, has helped. And you're still listening to the Nardwar, the human serviette radio show. And that was Gordon Sinclair with the Americans. The Americans, a Canadian's opinion by Gordon Sinclair from 1973 on Avco records the americans and before that we heard a bit of evan wolf the record of evan wolf running in vancouver center against herb capote oh with herb capose evan wolf and herb capose on the bennett team we heard a bit of that and before that we heard bonkers by B.J. Roberts, all about Grace McCarthy, a British Columbia politician. B.J. Roberts, bonkers about the social credit party. And before that, speaking of the social credit party, we heard the social credit blues by Hawken and Stewart. And before that, we heard interviews with Andrew Weaver from the Greens, John Horgan from the NDP, and Christy Clark from the Liberals. Vote on Tuesday, May the 9th. Now, right now, we have a version of the song you just heard done a few years later. 
Thank you, Canada. So, again, we had The Americans by Gordon Sinclair, but we have a version of that song, kind of a comeback, a comeback to that song. Thank you, Canada. Thank you, Canada. Love, Shelley. Thank you, Canada, for rescuing the Americans in Iran from that big, bad man. Thank you, Canada. Love, Shelley. I'm writing this letter to thank you for helping the six Americans in Iran. I'm not the only one writing you a letter. All my friends are too. Oh yeah, I almost forgot. My name is Shelly. I'm eight years old. Today, it seems like all Americans are smiling because of what you did. Just when it seemed like we didn't have any friends, there you were. My brother Bill's in the army. He called home and said Canada was a good friend. And in this bad time, we need all our friends. I never visited your country, but maybe someday I will. I've seen pictures of it, and it's beautiful. And I do love hockey. I don't know why that man with the beard doesn't like us, but I'm glad you do. Uh-oh, I have to go now because my mom's calling me for dinner and I have homework to do. Well, tonight when I go to bed, I'll pray to God that he will bless you for what you did. P.S. Canada, you have a special place in my heart and my country's heart. Love, Shelley. If BCIs are happy, your pension's not safe today. In the midst of commons uproar, you can hear our seniors say, Tuna, 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 la, tuna, 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 now PCs don't It's a PC tuna lie. When PC eyes are gleaming, twould be like a banking fling. To the tuna of bailout dollars, you can hear the farmer sing. Everybody sing now. Tuna, tuna, tuna. Tuna, tuna lie. Don't be chicken like that. Tuna, tuna, tuna. Now peace, don't you cry. Tuna, tuna, tuna. Tuna, tuna, lie. Tuna, tuna, tuna. I tell it to you. It's a PC tuna lie. If PC eyes are smiling and our dollars badly bent, free trade won't make much difference. He thinks he's president. Tuna, tuna, tuna. Tuna, 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 tuna
There's a new infatuation that's been sweeping the nation and shaking the roots in the ground of an old generation, a new inspiration, taking a new look around. But he's quickly disarming and utterly charming, quite enough to make you let down your hair. As society, just as society must, check out Pierre, Pierre, with the ladies racing at Mercedes. Pierre in the money, find him with the bunny. Pierre a little brighter than the northern lights. They ought to add a lot of color to the Ottawa nights. Charismatic and dynamic with a transatlantic flair. Regarde PM Pierre. In the new administration, there's an open situation for a slightly more exciting regime. For a bachelor pad doesn't seem half that bad for making a parliament scene. But can a party attender become party mender and clear all the dust from the air? In a society just as society must Check out P.M. Pierre, P.M. Pierre Diplomatic in the press when he says You can quote him in English or en Francais Pierre, very stubborn with an iron will Sock it to me, Trudy, from Parliament Hill Punch and Judy's kind of moody like a big mama bear because, according to Miss LaMarche, there's room in the capital city for only one eligible swinger. And, unfortunately for her, this seems destined to be P.M. Pierre, P.M. Pierre, in the commons in a new pair of sandals. Well, it's better than a new pair of scandals. Pierre, everybody's sitting wondering whether he'll show up any day in a suit of Spanish leather. If the adoration, adulation of the Trudeau generation fills your loving heart with despair, as society, just as society must, check out PM Pierre, Pierre. Check out PM Pierre, Pierre. Check out PM. Hey, sock it to me, Trudy from Parliament Hill. Is a bar in the capital, across from the Rideau, on a bar stool she took off her ring. I thought I'd get closer, so I walked on over. I sat down and asked her her name. 
When the drinks finally hit her, she said, I'm no quitter, but I finally quit living on dreams. I'm hungry for laughter, and here ever after, I'm after whatever photography brings. In the mirror, I saw him, and I closely watched him, rose petals, a droopy disgrace. He came to the woman and sat down beside her. He had a strange look on his face. He was carrying pampers, some arrowroot cookies. Dishpan hands were swollen and red. But he started shaking and she started quaking. He turned to the woman and said, You picked a fine time to leave me, Margaret. Three hungry children, and I'm losing Quebec. Sure, I've got Horner, but I can't hug Horner. And what do you mean, wanna bet? You picked a fine time to leave me, Margaret. After he left us, I ordered more Pepsi. I thought how she'd made him look small. From the lights of the Rito, he climbed in his limo and sat without talking at all. She was a beauty, a real camera cutie. She wanted to snap one of me. An eight by 10 glossy, but I know she's too bossy. Besides, she's framed for Pierre, can't you see? You picked a fine time to leave me, Margaret. Three hungry children, and I'm losing Quebec. Sure, I've got Horner, but I can't hug Horner. And what do you mean, wanna bet? You picked a fine time to leave me, Margaret. You picked a fine time to leave me, Margaret. Three hungry children, and I'm losing Quebec. Sure, I've got Horner, but I can't hug Horner. And what do you mean, wanna bet? You picked a fine time to leave me, Margaret. Uh, oh, Maggie, uh, you take uh, group rates, uh, photos, you know, for an album? Uh, I'd like to get some of the kids and family myself. Uh, yeah. I'd vote for you. Uh, uh, yeah. Uh. Well, sure. Sign me up, Margaret. And you're still listening to CITR FM 102, Cable 102, the Vancouver, British Columbia radio show known as The Nardwar, the human serviette radio show. And we just heard right there, Margaret by Bob Summerfield and Pierre Trudeau from 1977, all about Margaret Trudeau. There's a song, Margaret, by Bob Stammerfield slash Pierre Crudeau from 1977. And before that, we heard a little bit, well, we heard the entire song, Alan J. Ryan's PM Pierre. 
P.M. Pierre by Alan J. Ryan. And before that, we heard a song all about Tuna Gate, which I thought happened in B.C., but actually happened in Newfoundland or Nova Scotia on the East Coast. But we heard right there Brian the Tuna doing the Tuna song all about Tuna Gate. And Tuna Gate was kind of serious about some rancid tins of tuna that turned out not to be rancid at all, but still, it was a pretty serious matter. Brian the Tuna. I didn't know Tuna Gate. We heard the entire song. And we also heard in that set, Thank You Canada, Love Shelley. Kind of a comeback to Gordon Sinclair's Americans that we heard earlier before the break. And way earlier, we heard an interview with Andrew Weaver from the Green Party. We also heard an interview with John Horrigan from the NDP. And we also heard an interview with Christy Clark from the Liberals. Yes, it is election time in BC. Go out and vote this Tuesday, May the 9th. To end the Nardwar, the Human Serviette radio show, I thought I would play something that shows that you too can be a DJ. You too can be Nardwar, the Human Serviette as well. You can come into CITR Radio. Maybe you don't want to be. Maybe that is frightening to you. But you can come into CITR and join CITR and become a member of CITR and then learn to be a DJ like me. Or you can just help out with Discorder Magazine or news or sports or administration. In other words, if Nardwar can do it, so can you. And this is from our course um, based Probably, uh, I think in the mid-60s or maybe 1955, this is radio and TV announcing course. Lesson number 35, handling the fluff. Handling the fluff on an ardoir, the human serviette radio show. Fluff is usually of much more concern to the announcer. Often a mistake will simply humanize the announcer in the mind of the listener. There's a natural rapport between the announcer and the audience. Normally, the audience wants the announcer to do well. They're uncomfortable when his performance is sloppy or under par. This is present in all kinds of performing. Actually, most fluffs are caused by a lack of true concentration. Sometimes they're the product of underactive lips and tongues. Some days, for no apparent reason, an announcer will experience a great deal of difficulty with articulation. The only thing to do in this vigorous session of lip and tongue exercises. If it's a straight problem of articulation, simply do the best you can and correct yourself if the fluff has affected the meaning of what you're saying. Don't draw excessive attention to your minor mistakes. Do it smoothly and easily, with some interjections such as Pardon me, that should be seven miles east of the city. Whatever you do, don't compound your mistakes by making inane or tasteless remarks about straightening false teeth or getting marbles out of your mouth. Let's examine various kinds of fluffs and see how they may be handled. First, let's consider an error in a news item that could lead to serious consequences. 
In the downtown area today, a 38-year-old pedestrian was killed in a traffic mishap. Harold Brown of suburban Rosedale was in collision with a car at the corner of 59th Street and 3rd Avenue. A mistake in the identity of a person in the news is obviously serious and should be corrected. This is, of course, assuming that the announcer realized that the mistake was made. Here's how he might correct himself. In this case, remember, he should definitely draw attention to the error. In the downtown area today, a 38-year-old pedestrian was instantly killed in a traffic mishap. Harold Brown of suburban Rosedale was in collision with a car at the corner of 59th Street and 3rd Avenue. Uh, pardon me, the name of the traffic victim is Harold Broin. It should be Harold Broin of suburban Rosedale. This is obviously necessary in a story of this importance. You may have a very much alive Harold Brown on your doorstep with blood in his eye. Names of accident fatalities are not usually released by the news media until the person's next of kin has been notified by the proper authorities. This means that survivors are aware. If you give the wrong name, there can be disastrous repercussions. It's not implausible that some mother, believing that she's heard the report of her son's death, will have a physical or mental breakdown. As a matter of fact, I was personally involved in such a report a number of years ago on an early morning newscast. The news wire service reported a highway death and identified the victim as a local man, complete with name and address. I had broadcast the story and was back in the newsroom before the wire service sent through a correction. The name and address of the real victim were in no way similar to the ones reported earlier. Within 20 minutes, the supposed victim was in the manager's office, threatening to sue the station, the news service, and everyone concerned. Somehow, we placated him, broadcast a correction, and fortunately, that was the end of it. In any dissemination of information where accuracy is required, mistakes should be corrected either immediately or as soon as it's practical. Supposing you're announcing a weather report, and for some reason you make a mistake in the outside temperature. That's the weather picture for our area. The present temperature is 29 degrees, 29. The wind is north at 15 miles per hour. You suddenly discover that the temperature is actually 39 degrees. Obviously, you should make a correction as soon as you can, even if it means talking over a musical selection. When you make the correction, go out of your way to clarify the situation. The present temperature in our city is 39 degrees. Uh, we made a mistake a few moments ago and reported it at 29 degrees, so if you thought it felt a little warmer, you were right. Uh, my apologies, the temperature is a balmy 39 degrees minutes ago. This may seem to be overdoing it, but remember that many of your listeners who heard the temperature incorrectly the first time may no longer be listening quite so attentively. They may now be in conversation with someone, or their attention may have been diverted by something going on around them. You owe it to your audience to do everything you can to see that they are not misinformed. Supposing, though, that you had reported the temperature as 30 degrees instead of 29. This is strictly a matter of judgment. It may be unnecessary to draw attention to your mistake, but certainly you should report the temperature accurately at the very first opportunity. Depending on the geographic area, a few degrees either way might make a big difference. If you're in the citrus belt, where frost is about the same welcome as poison gas, a quick correction is obviously dictated. 
Elsewhere, it may not be too important. It's another one that requires quick correction. Here's how it sounds. Here are today's American League scores. Washington 2, New York 10. Boston 5, Minnesota 1, Chicago 6, Cleveland 3. Although you've reported the score accurately, it could be confusing. People expect to hear the name of the winning team first. A correction of this sort is in order. Just to clarify that score in the Washington-New York game, the final score was New York 10, Washington 2. That's New York 10, Washington 2. Occasionally, scores will appear this way on the newswires. Obviously, the announcer should correct it before he goes on the air. When you make a mistake on the air, saving face should be of secondary importance. Your first responsibility is to the listener. Always correct your mistake as smoothly as possible, but be sure to make the correction. Suppose you're doing a disc jockey show. You introduce a musical selection and push the wrong turntable switch. The selection you play is not the one you introduced. The best way out is to let the selection finish, explain what happened, and then play the number you originally introduced. Never fade it out or talk over top of it unless there's a special reason. The number you played in error may have more popular appeal than the tune you meant to play. My final tip on handling the fluff is to beware of negative suggestion. If you are particularly afraid of a difficult passage in a script before you go on the air, repeat it over and over the right way before you go in front of the mic. Nine times out of ten, you can talk yourself into a fluff or a blooper by thinking how funny or embarrassing it would be if you said so-and-so. All too often, that's exactly the way it'll come out. Here are some classic examples of actual fluffs, many of them undoubtedly caused by the tantalizing thought, gosh, wouldn't it be funny if I said it this way? The missing girl was wearing a blue sweater and gray sleeve, 99 years old and weighs 9 pounds. Ask for it at your favorite grocer's, breast in bed. Now stay tuned for America's favorite penal program, What's My Line? Now's the time to get that car you've always wanted but couldn't afford. Remember, for a small down payment, Crazy Charlie will guarantee you a second-hand automobile in first crash condition. Ladies, do you have wash day troubles? Put an end to them with a really modern detergent. Send immediately for a free dirty day supply. Remember, friends, Miller's low-life beer is high in calories. Ladies and gentlemen, the present Hubert Heaver. If you Vicks Vitronol, guaranteed to clear naval passages. <laughs>